Okay. Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And um, today is Friday, April 2nd, uh, 2021. And tonight we're discussing um, Betty Smith's novel, Joy in the Morning. So I'm going to give you a little information about Betty Smith. And then I'm going to mention um, our book for next month. And I'll mention the book for next month at the end. But this way, if anybody needs to leave, they'll, they'll have the information. And then we'll just go around as we usually do. I call on each person individually. And you can tell us what you thought about the book. And then we'll move on to the next person. And then if there's time at the end, you know, we'll have some time for a general discussion. So let me give you some information about Betty Smith. Um, Betty Smith was born Elizabeth Lillian Wainer on December 15, 1896 in the Williamsburg section of Brooklyn. She attended school through the eighth grade and she left school to start working. Her father died when she was 17 years old and her mother remarried. Um, her younger brother and sister took the last name of the stepfather, but she was considered too old, so she didn't take his name. And when she was 22 years old, um, there is, there's considerable evidence that she suffered what she called in a letter a traumatic assault. And mm. the assumption is that yeah. it was her, her stepfather. Um, she never really spoke of it publicly, but her writing and her correspondence suggests that, that it was her stepfather. Um, the same year, she left Brooklyn to marry George Smith, who was attending law school at the University of Michigan. So that may sound familiar if you've read mm -hmm. the books. Yep. <laughs> um, they had two daughters. And when her children started school, she was granted permission to audit writing and journalism classes at the university, also similar to what was in the story, um, mm -hmm. although she hadn't finished high school. Um, one of her professors, whose name was Kenneth Thorpe, Thorpe Rowe, served as her mentor in playwriting. And one of her plays was given a full production at the Detroit Playhouse. Um, she divorced her first husband. And after working uh, for the Federal Theater Project, which was part of the WPA, she moved to uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And there she met her second husband, Joseph Jones, and she published her first novel, which I'm sure many of us have read, which is True Grows in Brooklyn, in mm. 1943. And in all, she published four novels and several plays. And Joy in the Morning was her last novel and came out in 1963. And she died of pneumonia in 1972. And she's buried in Chapel Hill Memorial Cemetery. And, oh, and during her lifetime, I, I, I thought this was interesting. She enjoyed fishing and playing bingo. Those were some of her hobbies. Mm. Um, so the book that we have for next month um, is a historical fiction book. It's called Better Luck Next Time. And the author is Julia Claiborne Johnson. And the DB number is 102215. Again, it's 102215. And it's about eight and a half hours long. So that's that's not too bad, I hope. Um, so I'm going to just call on everybody as we always do one by one. 
Um, and I thought, Alan, because you had mentioned that you had some difficulties with one of the narrators, I thought we could start with you and, and see what, what you ended up thinking about the book. Would you do the DB uh, number one more time? I'm sorry, Alan, yeah. excuse me. Sure. It's 102215. 215? 102215. I got that. 215. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry, Alan. That's all right. No problem. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm about an hour and 15 minutes from finishing, but uh, I, I started reading that that Barbara Rappaport version, and I thought, man, I, 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 her voice just didn't do much for me. I, mean, I, I got like an hour into it, so I switched to the... Uh, the Lois Smith narration. I liked her narration a lot oh. better, but, uh, uh, but I think the Lois Smith one must've been recorded back in the, the dawns of time. Cause it, I mean, it was, it was a cassette conversion, I think, but, but, it, but it sounded better. And I thought she, I thought her voice was a lot better. And, uh, but what's happening right now, I, I got to the point where, uh, they're, I mean, they, they're out of money and he's doing that. A factory job at night oh, and uh, and she's getting ready to uh, she's about ready to birth the baby i think she's probably a week a week away and that's how far i got but but i, yeah, I enjoyed what i've read i mean it, it it's dated but uh uh and of course it's set in 1928 so uh the the, the time period's kind of hard to get around but uh uh but i but i enjoyed it. i mean she's i mean betty Smith is obviously a, a great writer and stuff and you know, I, you know i enjoyed some of the ins and outs of uh, the first year of marriage and stuff. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so that, 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 those are my comments. So thanks. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you like the other narrator better. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I think you're right about the fact that it's dated, but the interesting thing, and I hope people will talk about this a little bit is I thought it was pretty frank about its depictions of sexuality for 1963. So it was sort of interesting combination. Um, so Randy, I know your group discussed a tree grows in Brooklyn. So why don't you tell us what you thought about, about this book? Um, I liked it. Um, I like Betty Smith though. I've read um, Maggie now and a tree grows in Brooklyn and now this one, but I think I like a tree grows in Brooklyn better. Um, it's they're all good though and and really it's nothing specific that i like better but i just i like the story better i maybe because it was her first novel but that's what i liked but i do enjoy her work so and they're all good books okay oh good um all right. Um, Abby, what did you think of the story? Well, I enjoyed it. I, and I liked Barbara Rappaport's reading. I didn't check out the other one. I didn't know there were two recordings. I just grabbed the first one. I, I think, well, I got the DB number and just grabbed that one, whatever that one was. So, um, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked your narration. Uh, being an author myself, I could certainly identify with Annie's, uh, you know, inspiration to write things down and, uh, and, and of course, now I know where Betty Smith got her inspiration for that. And that, so that was kind of neat to know that, to find that out. Um, now, I, now, apparently he graduated in, in Ju uh, June of 1929. Now, in October of 1929, if I remember correctly, 
uh, that's when the stock market uh, no. crashed. And so I'm kind of glad I didn't go any further than that because I really wouldn't have wanted to know what would happen to them at that time. So that was a perfect, perfect ending. And it was a great book. And I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, good. Um, okay. Um, Let me ask something real quick. Did they ever tell us what city it was in? I kept saying Midwest. No. No. Okay. No, I, 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 never, I never saw that. What okay. university was he going? What university right. was he going to? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay. All right. Thanks. Sorry. It, 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 no, it's, that's okay. No, no. In real life, she went to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, right, and that's oh, yeah. But I don't. Okay. I don't think in the story it actually said where where it was. No. Just the general Midwest. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So, anyway, um, Ladon, what did you think of the story? When I first started reading it, I thought I don't like this very much. You know, just these two kids getting married, and I, I don't. <laughs> They sounded funny when they talked and uh, seemed very, very innocent. But as I read along, I kind of like this couple. She is so sweet, I'll tell you. I thought, you know, and uh, the whole story is just not about much. It's just a couple kids get, get married, you know, and have their first year of marriage, have, have a baby. Not much to it, but I really enjoyed it, and I got liking it. And, and I was thinking that there, for some reason or another, and I don't know why this generated this thought in my mind or this feeling in my mind, when I was reading it and I was thinking how I liked uh, her and him, I thought, man, I'm sure lucky to have the wife I've got. You know, it just it just brought that to me that uh, that I was uh, one of the luckiest fools around to, to to be with the position I'm in. So it was a pretty decent book. It was not a Tree Gross in Brooklyn, however. I don't think it was even in the same category running because Tree Gross in Brooklyn is my number one book of my life. So anyway. I enjoyed the book quite a lot and didn't start, but boy, I kept on it. And, and then I really liked it, even though it was a story about pretty much nothing. You know, a couple of kids get married and it's the first year of their marriage. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's very nice that the book made you feel like you were lucky to be married to your wife. I actually, I like hearing that. That's really very nice. And I think you had the same reaction to Annie that I did. I absolutely adored her. I just thought she was just the nicest person. So charming and curious. And she just, she was made the whole book for me. And I, I just thought she was terrific. Um, so let's see. Um uh, Sherry, what did what did you think of the story? Um, I really liked the book. Um, you couldn't help but root for this couple. They were both, you know, quite likable and everything. A couple of times, I got to say, I was really rolling my eyes and thinking, oh, my gosh, they're so immature. But, you know, that's realistic. And I think she needed to put some immaturity in there and some eye-rolling moments because that's what you would be like at that age when you're first married. And I liked the fact that Annie was so interested in learning words and stuff and I was thrilled for her when she got to go to college and stuff like that. I would have liked an epilogue like 10 years later just because I want to know that these people remained happy and had a couple more kids and he was a lawyer and she was a published 
author and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was a really good book. I must say, I think I read the Barbara Rappaport version too, because it was annoying how she kept making beautiful into an extra syllable. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't so that think... That may have been how she talked. Don't you think that would have been how Annie talked? Well, Annie I talked. think that was probably what she was trying to do, but it was annoying, even if it was oh. the way Annie talked. Oh, okay. She didn't yeah. mispronounce other words. like no. I, Well, she did mispronounce a lot of yeah, words, but yeah. I, I think it probably was the way Annie talked, but I found it annoying in any case. Did the other narrator do the same thing make it put an uh, extra syllable in beautiful <laughs> I, I, I don't think lois smith did oh, okay yeah i probably should have switched too but but in any case i thought it was a really good book and it, it was nice to cheer on such a nice couple well my, my grandmother also used to say beautiful too and she was uh, in brooklyn that, so that I, cool. it's a you know some people you say it that way i guess apparently yeah, yeah that makes sense um, okay, um, Marsha, what, what did you think of the book? I also really liked the book, and Annie was an absolute sweetheart. And she always, the, the thing that I think I, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing I liked about her the most is she always had this upbeat attitude, you know, not, nothing, well, for, for the most part, nothing, you know, everything's going to work out okay, you know, we'll be fine. Um, and, and she was just so... Uh, you know, I think everybody needs an Annie around every now and then, you know, um, right, right. I, I, all, I read the, the Rappaport version and I thought, I kind of thought the beautiful thing was kind of cool. Actually. I thought it was cute. I thought <laughs> yeah. Annie, that's the way she talked. And, and, uh, I thought, you know, that just, to me kind of added something to it. And, but I was a little dismayed there for a while. Cause I thought that it was going to turn up. Remember it was like the first part of the book. There were a couple incidents where, where Carl grabbed her and they were yes. in the, in the mm-hmm. swing. And oh, everything. yeah. And I thought, yeah. uh-oh. I yeah. thought, uh, do yeah. we have a little bit of uh, domestic abuse going on here? But it didn't turn yeah. out to be the case. No. But I thought that's where it was going for, mm-hmm. for a while. Well, that was a great red herring. It, it was. And I thought it was going to be a follow through. But uh, thank goodness it, it wasn't. Yes. And um, I'm I'm with you, um, Sherry. I wish there would have been a bit of a, uh, you know, an, a, another epilogue. chapter, as you epilogue. said, an epilogue. epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> with what was they would have probably still have been doing very uh, uh, poor because even though being a lawyer, but as uh, she said, yeah. 1929, it's, it's, we know right. 10 years later, depression, depression yeah. and everything, yeah. but it would have That's been kind of cool thinking. to find out what, you know, what happened after, right. you know, say when the crash happened and so on. And if it affected his, his life. And I did one more quick thing. I wanted to, you know, I, I'm so glad that Annie made friends with that storekeeper. What was his name? George? Henry. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a great guy. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was dude, and She mm-hmm. ended up, uh, you know, breaking through his, his walls there. And that, that was cool. But anyway, yes, and the I way really she ends, it. you know, at the end, when Carl asked her something, I can't remember what it was. She says, I'll tell you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she, you know, Henry used to tell her, you know, that yeah. was kind of another game. But that so. was a beautiful, a beautiful friendship. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, can I throw one more thing in? I forgot. Okay. I just wanted to mention real quickly that I really liked the dog Jello too. I always love it when there's <laughs> yeah. a Jello. Oh, oh yeah. 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 The dog came home. That was that. And was I'm beautiful. and I'm a Lester fan, but I'll be quiet. Okay. 
Um, okay, Joni, what, what did you think of the story? Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I love Betty Smith's writing. Uh, I also read Tomorrow Will Be Better, which was the first uh, book that Michelle had chosen. Yes. And it, it is a very dark kind of book. But I still, I just love this woman's writing. She just, I think she herself must have been a very sweet, kind person. And I love The Tree Grows in Brooklyn, probably one of my favorite books. And I think I read this, Joy in the Morning, I think I probably read it when it came out. And I didn't know that there was, um, that Lois Smith had also read it. I probably would have liked her reading better. I wasn't thrilled with Barbara Rappaport either. But um, Annie, how could you not love Annie? What a sweet, good, beautiful person. Um, I just... Uh, I really love the book, and and I love Betty Smith's writings. I wish she had written more for us to enjoy. And and things seemed to work out so well for Annie, and she was so optimistic and so sure that things were going to work out okay for her, and they did. Of course, there were rough spots, and there were always rough spots, and. Oh, the first year of a marriage? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But, so, Chip, uh, you mentioned that you read Tomorrow Will Be Better, and I started reading it, and it was the wrong book for me. Um, oh, yeah. What did, you think, what did you end up thinking about that book? What was your impression of it? Well, I... I like I I really like her writing. I love her writing, um, but I could see why you wouldn't have us read it. It it just I liked it, but I'm weird, so. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure I'll read it another time. I, I'm sure. Is, 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 is that one of those stories that when, when you get to the end of it, you're still waiting for tomorrow to get better? I wonder. If it is, I don't think I want to read it. Yeah, I know so. what you mean, Alan. I don't blame you. <laughs> I downloaded it. I, I've got it, and because uh, I'm like, well, you know, she, Michelle, you said it was a it was a dark I book, and read I like thought, an hour. I, I didn't I like even dark books, so. Wow. I but I haven't, started, I haven't read it yet. I yeah. started it, but I couldn't get into the narrator, so mm. I deleted it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with that narrator either. Well, I'll have to check that out. They came out with, com if anybody has uh, commercial versions recently, the reason why I guess I was focused on her is they came out with all of her books recently with new author, new narrators, very recently. Um, so I oh. actually... I listened to, I know we have more people, so I'm just, I'll just mention this quickly. I listened to the commercial version of um, Joy in the Morning, which was read by someone named Maggie Meg Reed, and she was fantastic. 
Oh, well, I'll have to get that one because I didn't okay. care for Wonka Rappaport either. Yeah, it's it's the commercial version. I I actually it's don't use Audible. Audible. Okay. Oh, you don't use Audible? But it's the same book. Um, oh, I'll have to get it then. Um, let me move on. Let me just check here. Oh, Ruth Ann, why don't why don't you tell us what you thought about the book? I really like Betty Smith. I really enjoyed The uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and I enjoyed this book, too. It took me a little while to get into it, uh, the way they were talking and things. Uh, I, I thought, you know, Annie was, she was, she was very, um, she was very positive in everything and was determined things were going to work out. And, but I really enjoyed the book, which, you know, uh, as I say, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn really kind of was my favorite book that Betty Smith wrote. But it's, uh, this was good, too. Um, and, and Bob, what, what did you think of the story? Okay, I, I, I liked it. It was, a, it was an easy read. I love the writing. I agree with uh, uh, Joni on that one. Um, there are two old-time radio programs, Joni, that came to mind when I, as I read it, My True Story and Aunt Jenny's Real Life Stories. You guys are too young to know those shows. But there was a theme, and the theme was survival. Uh, there's every reason why they shouldn't have gotten married. Uh, the mothers were mean, but they, they had her, you know, you'll work hard, you'll, you'll work hard in life, get nothing just like we did when they asked for money. You know, they uh, the family for a bit, Carl's family gave them money, but then finally said, no, we disown you. You know, you're married. Uh, it was a big deal getting the blessing of the family. Uh, that was interesting because now kids don't care if they get the blessing of the family. Surprise, we're married. Um, uh, survival. Uh, I could see. Thank you, uh, Michelle, for talking about, you know, her stepfather, whatever he did to her. I think we can all guess. But th yeah. that was Annie's stepfather who kissed her on the lips and was, you know, was a terrible guy taking advantage of a little girl and and so forth. And, and George, the law student, the law student. I wondered, I guess, in conclusion, can Annie survive in the world of the law? Well, yes, she can. She's she was a playwright, but she sold me when she met the dean of the law school and was just Annie, was just herself, her adorable self. And the dean fell in love with her, you know, and helped her greatly and had his uh, buddy take him take her into the playwright class and so on and so forth. Annie was always upbeat. She she would she would defy the odds. I liked Blanche at the store. Henry certainly Blanche. I think her name was. I like Lester, the baby. I thought he was a riot to me. I think his name was Lester. Oh, oh yeah. Funny <laughs> with the dog Jello, and Jello would go under the table when Annie went crazy with the, you know, mothers who are pregnant sometimes do that. And maybe when they're not pregnant, they go crazy too. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was a great book. It, it, I defied the Marsha Moses rule. I kept going. And I, <laughs> I, I got along with Barbara Rappaport. Not perfect, but I've, read some of Lois Smith and I don't like her. So it depends on who you like, you know, and I just read it. I didn't know it was on audible. I would have probably read that one. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm glad you chose the book. Um, so, so Jonna has been kind of coming and going from the room. She's not here currently comes back. I'll just make a break and, and let her come Good. in and say her thoughts. 
Um, so I think everybody except except me has spoken. Um, and I I just I absolutely love this book. Um, I just I think it's because I just loved Annie as a character. And I, I really felt for her. I thought she had a kind of a difficult situation at home. I thought her family, you know, sent her out to work and that's what they wanted. And they didn't really want her to leave because they really just wanted her to contribute financially. And I thought her stepfather, you know, most likely, uh, you know, sexually uh, assaulted her, abused her. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that she got out of that situation. And I wasn't quite sure if her and Carl were going to be the right kind of a match. I didn't know. He seemed a little, you know, he didn't have a lot of friends. She made friends so easily. They seemed like maybe they were a little bit of a mismatch, but you know, maybe not. Um, and, and I just like the whole, the whole story of what it's like to be married, um, you know, for your first year. I now I, she got married when she was 18. I got married when I was 28. And I think that makes a difference. Yeah. I think when you get you're 18, I think it's, it's, it's a little rougher financially. And, um, you know, you're, you're a little bit younger and she got married when her husband was in school. And and that's, that's a hard situation also. And they kind of, you know, worked it out. I mean, I sort of knew that she was going to get pregnant even before she got pregnant. And I just said, she's going to get pregnant mm-hmm. and make everything difficult. Um, but I, I liked, I just liked her spirit. I liked how she was sort of curious and how she kind of pushed herself to, to talk to different people and get her, you know, go involved with the writing and, and just put herself in different situations. And she just was, she was, to me, she was like delightful. She was like the whole book for me. Um, and I, and I liked a lot of the other characters. I liked her friendship with Henry. I liked her friendship with Anthony. I liked, um, you know, all the people that she met along the way. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with everybody. This is not as good as a tree grows in Brooklyn. And it was her last novel. And it, it seemed like she based a lot of it, you know, in certain ways on the early part of her own life. It was pretty autobiographical. Um, but I, I just, I, I liked it as I read along. And I, I think the narrator does make a difference a lot of times. The audible narrator, the commercial narrator was very, very good. Um, so I think that kind of, I think you need the right person to voice Annie or, and otherwise it just doesn't sound right. Cause she, to me was just the whole story. Um, but anyway, I don't know if anybody has any, anything else they'd like to bring up. Yes. With, yes. What did yes. you guys one, think little about- thing, one little thing. I thought, uh, I know the story took place 1928, mm-hmm. but it still amazed me that she could do pretty well on $10 a week. You know, ten dollars a week. It really, that was really so surprising to me. Well, the thing I what? wanted to bring up, if it's okay, is uh, yes. Her her mother, Annie's mother, suggested that when when she wrote to uh, her mom for for money, and she said her mom says, "Write Dan," you know, her stepfather. <laughs> And she started to write this letter and she just, I just, I just can't do this. I, you know, can't do it. So she ripped it up. Yep. It was good for her. I'm so glad she didn't do it. Sherry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, what did you guys think of the storekeepers, Goldie and her husband? I forget his name. He was pretty much just grunted through the whole book. (laughs) And it was interesting how she kept calling Les her little bastard and stuff. At first, I thought there might be some (laughs) abuse there. But then the more you got to know him, it was just kind of their way. And I thought that was really interesting how she wrote those characters. That was very good writing. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was. Likeable. Well, Sherry, I think that she maybe over 
overdid it with, with low pie was his name or what was it? It was the low Indian. Pan. Low pan. Low pan. Thank you. Because all she had him do is oh oh yeah. run. you know. <laughs> and I think funny, Betty, I think Betty could have given him a little. I think the Native Americans Indians, whatever you call them, would not like <laughs> the version of low pan. More open uh, to men because he did talk say a few words to Carl now and then. Wait, say good. that again. I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, oh, he, he said a few words to Carl now and then. So he might have been oh. more open with men than he was with women. That's okay. possible. I didn't remember that. Yeah. I, I didn't either. Yeah. Well, Bob, Bob, Bob brought up something that, that I wanted to comment about. I mean, talk about family of families of origin that suck. I mean, I've, I've heard <laughs> yeah. of families no longer funding you and stuff. But asking you to pay back stuff, yeah. to pay yeah. back the college they'd already yeah, paid I for, thought I thought, that was good, preposterous. good grief. That, yeah. I mean. that was low. And that pay for the horrible. watch. Yeah, even yeah. 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 yeah, I thought that was horrible. Yeah, yeah I was afraid that she was going to follow through with her plan to go live with her mom while she had the baby. And I'm glad yeah. that. Oh, oh same do it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 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 my Lord. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she took care of Maggie pretty well. I thought Maggie was okay at the beginning, the old lady. But then she talked about, uh, you know, uh, bad women. And she called, remember, she called oh, her yeah. this is Aggie, a friend. Yeah. And she says, I know who you are, Maggie. And I yeah. like, what? I think, Blanche I, I or whatever. I'm not recalling that. that at it was all. Miss what? Aggie. Um, Aggie, the, okay. The, I'm close. I'm that's sorry. okay. You're close. Yeah. This is my age. They were okay, You're close. Aggie. Yeah, I knew who you meant. The story. He was good at first, but then, mm -hmm. uh, well, I tell you who's going to be in this valley. Oh, you know? her. All right. Yeah. I kind uh, of. Uh, and Annie put her, her in her place. And yep, I was she proud sure of her. She did. Yeah. Yep. You're right. She did. The land. The landlady is pretty. The landlady was pretty nice too. The landlady was very nice. Yeah. The landlady was wonderful to Annie. And Carl, yeah. Bake the cake, bake the wedding cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she said, "What? This girl's strange, but I like her." <laughs> Something <laughs> to that effect. So, do you do you what Sherry was talking about with an epilogue? Do you think that this was a couple that would have been married for 50, 60 years? Yes. What, what? yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they would have liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Cherry's right. Well, I want to think that. So, yeah, I do think that they were I both. Think they were. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Michelle? Do you think they would have? They might have had some tough. I, I hope so. Yeah, the first year of marriage is hard. And I think with their ages, it was. I mean, I know it was more normal at that time to get married mm -hmm. very um but um i think so i mean I, she she's just seemed very agreeable to me it's hard for me to imagine that somebody wouldn't want to be married to her <laughs> it's like, right like, i wish i had he was sister. my favorite very mm -hmm. you know she's just very pleasant um and he was he was okay i wasn't as big a fan of carl um but you know he was he was okay but um I hope so. I, I would I would like to think, you know, you always like to think that people stay together. Um, that, you know, that the, the thing that's interesting to me about this story, and I guess it's a little psychological, is years ago, and I can even remember this from when I was a young person, people really didn't talk about horrible things that happened to them. They just kept it inside. Mm -hmm. And some people could deal with it. And some people, I, I remember the first time I watched a television show or something and somebody was talking about being raped and I had never mm -hmm. heard anybody talk about this before. I just thought, oh my God, she's talking, you know, you weren't supposed to talk about such things. 
And now, of course, everybody talks about everything. So I kind of wondered, like, what kind of an impact this would have had on her. Maybe at that time, people just didn't think about it as much, I guess. Or, no, but I, it didn't wasn't talk about it. talked about it back didn't. then like right. it is now. I thought that yeah. another way another way that uh, she made the couple real was uh, the little tiffs they had yeah. with one another. Mm-hmm. Very you know, normal. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub, rub, you know, you don't go along and you have a little rough day and that. And so you argue with your partner and pretty soon mm-hmm. and then you go back you make sit up on his lap. Yeah. Make, right. Making up is fun. It's fun. Yeah. 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 I want to I want to add the 60 year thing. Um had she had Carl moved to a, a, a hundred story law building in New York, not Brooklyn, New York. I don't know who could survive that. Lawyers are rich, you know, and so but he, if he stayed in the Midwest and happy, you know, I think I think they'd last sixty years easily. But it's where you oh, are yeah, now. Maybe yeah. I'm selling Annie short. Maybe it would have been cute in the middle of New York, a high power law firm, you know, like the chase or some of these, but um, I don't know. I'd worry about Annie. Could she survive those socialites? And so, but she didn't have to Betty Smith, well, did, you know, I, she didn't I, have to. And can I ask you, cause my husband works for a New York law firm. Oh, oh dear. I'm in trouble with him. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm my lawyers that I pay are wheelers and dealers. I, I, and they, you know, the, what your impression is of a New York law firm. Cause it's, it's just your thing to me. Cause I, my impression is that people are just generally very, um, you know, smart and work very, very, very hard. And there's not that much socializing, you know, like I, I've been married 32 years and I don't really do all that much at my husband's office over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done some things, okay, some, some functions, but what about country clubs? It's not your husband. I'm saying what we read in books, uh, Joni, right. Mrs. Parrish and all those guys you had me read, which was a great book. Um, but I mean, don't they go to country clubs and, you know, wheel and deal? And I just wondered how Annie hey, would survive it. <laughs> I and think, you're saying, I, I mean, you're saying I, she would have because you don't I, deal with them. I, I, don't, I don't think, I mean, uh, I, I think that there are probably some places where people do business that way. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, my, my husband's a lawyer, my brother's a lawyer. <laughs> We're in New York City. It's mm-hmm. not typically the way people do business. They, they go out to lunch a lot. You know, mm-hmm. they have a lot of business lunches and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But the wives don't come into it all that much. Um, okay. So oh, I, I, I'll take back yeah. what I said, but I, I, no, LA, I LA lawyers sure do. The, many of them that I've run across. It, may, it might be different in LA. Yeah, that's very possible. That I don't know. I think it's different in books. I mean, nobody writes yeah. a book about a lawyer whose family isn't involved right? and They're just has his head down working and his or her head down working hard yeah. all the time doesn't Harvard make for, a, a, you know, yeah. as colorful a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think And people for... that live in the West are different from we who are from the East. It's a different lifestyle that you guys have. Even um, the Midwest is different than the East and the West. Yeah. Well, I, I, I read, I read about these books uh, like uh, Sonia Monte, uh, what is her name? Sonia Sotomayor. Sotomayor, one of my heroes. She, she, she was poor, dirt poor, but got to Princeton or wherever, Harvard. And the Latino professors wrote, you know, saw her talent. She made it. But socially, 
she she wasn't as rich as those girls, you know, but she didn't need to. She had brains and got to where she wanted to. And that's why I admire her mm-hmm. because she wasn't in the country clubs. She they wouldn't let her in in those days anyway. But uh, she made it. It's a wonderful world, or whatever she wrote her book. It was a wonderful world. Anyway. And she she spoke quite a bit about her diabetes and about her mother, how hard she worked. Right. In in right. in her in her book. Too, and, and how some of the people did not want her taking the place of somebody who may have been smarter because yeah, she we're was, on another book, but it was affirmative action, yeah. and they told her at school, You're lucky, you never would have got into Princeton, but affirmative action got you in. And she defies, she defies them, she gets A straight A's. So, uh, anyway, I'm I, sorry to move to another book. I was just talking about socializing that, uh, you know, I would like to believe that my grandson could go to Harvard and be with the rich guys and do okay. And maybe he would with, with, if he had the brains. I, I, I think, I think the younger generation is a little bit more um, accepting Liberal. of uh-huh. diversity uh-huh. than, than, okay. you know, let's say people that are 50 and up. Um, I, so. I, I do think, I think there's a lot more, um, you know, maybe from cause of social media or something, but people mm-hmm. just, Come in con- like years ago, I don't think people came in contact with people of other backgrounds until really they were adults a lot of times. But now uh, you you do you do at least get exposed to people of different backgrounds. And I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's one of the nice things about young people is they generally are a lot more not always, but they're a lot more open minded. They're a lot more mm-hmm. accepting differences than I find people that are my age and older. They're, they're not. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, it's nice. It's nice, actually. Um, I think I, I agree with you. I think when you go someplace where people are much wealthier than you are, they come from a different background. There is, you know, it, it, it's very intimidating a lot of times to be in a situation like that. But um, but now, you know, maybe people are a little bit more open minded. So, you know, I hope, I hope if you're. So. Oh, you know, if your grandson goes to Harvard or something. So if your name is Kennedy, you won't have to just sign the paper, the application and get in. You have to work your way in now. Or Bush. These guys oh, went to Yale on their name, on their name. No. Their father endowed a Bush Hall and Kennedy. God, you know, they, it's no. so easy yeah. for them. It's, it's I, think, I think they still are going to get in because I They're think money, get in. Yeah. money talks a lot of times. People yeah. make them. Yeah. Okay. Watch. Um, I don't know if anybody has Netflix, but they have a really interesting documentary now about the college admissions scandal that just went mm. on. Ah, um, I have it. I've got Netflix. I have it. You know the title? I do too. But USC it's was really, in it. It makes me feel sad. It was really, so really powerful. good. Um, what's, the, what's the title of the documentary? Called, I'll have to get the exact title, but it was something called College Admissions. and. Okay. Um, it was it was just on recently. So if you if you can locate the new releases, okay. it would be it would if be I in can the locate it. Yep. And it's really interesting because they talk about, I mean, the numbers that they throw around for donations are staggering. You just can't believe, you know, the money that people like from other countries or whatever will pay to get their children in. It's wow i mean you know it's very very large numbers um but it's you know people really want these these very and some of the schools i like i don't know much about the west coast like to me i didn't realize to get into usc or usc is it a lot of money get in there and they had girls on the rowing team that were never rowers they just they put them in to give them scholarships it was 
I was so sad. My favorite school, I didn't go there. I was too poor to go to USC. I went to UCLA. Uh, But uh, SC shouldn't have got into that mess. It was a terrible thing. Disgrace. I saw one one time about people trying to get their kids into Berkeley and what they would to try to get them past and everything. And that sometimes the parents would have them live in the Bay Area for, you know, with so that they could, you know, get in. But everything that they worked on to to try to get in, it was quite a night, you know. And some of the rich kids will pay $10,000 for a workshop, a coach, or a poor kid doesn't have that kind of money. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just uh, not always equal, but if you if you work hard and somebody gives you a break, maybe you can rise up, you know? I, I was well, afraid was when Annie went to school I'm there. Sorry, that, okay. I'm sorry, Joni. I, when Annie went to school there, I was afraid the other girls were going to, she was going to be treated badly. It was mm-hmm. nice to see that, that that did not happen. No. And, at first it did, though. They looked at her weirdly, but the professor said, you, I want to read this paper to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, this kid's got brains, you know. And, uh, well, I'm glad that book she was, was very finally published too. You know, the, yeah. The book. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Joni? I was going to say that there, um, years ago, and it's probably the same now. People would pay gobs and gobs of money to get their kid into the right preschool. Oh, it's oh, still yeah. happening. Pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, it's still going yeah. on. It is. Money talks. Yeah. Well, folks, I've got to step out, so I'll say goodbye and see you uh, next time. Take care, LaDonna. Very good. What's the date of the next meeting? Do we have a date? May May 7th. May 7th. 7th. Thank you. May 7th. It's the first first Friday. Friday. Um, Okay. Well, I will will just mention uh, one more time for next time. Whoa, what is that? Oh, what was that? Okay. Somebody Somebody's phone or watch or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's my obnoxious talking caller ID. I'll beat myself. Oh, sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely gets its point across, Alan. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so the book for next time is called Better Luck Next Time. And the author is Julia Claiborne Johnson. The DB number is 102215. Um, it's eight and a half hours long. And it's supposed to be like a light kind of like sort of funny story. So hopefully it will be. Okay. <laughs> so, well, we'll see. Oh, well, if you good. change your mind, let us know. Yeah. No, no, no. Drop <laughs> an email. Uh, I try and, not. And then uh, yeah. Worlds of Books is two weeks from Tuesday. We're doing the last trial by Scott. Yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, the I got never, everything's turned around. I'm reading that book now, and I should yes. be doing Eer, uh, Eerie Town or whatever. Otters of Eerie Town. That's oh, for yeah. that's for yeah. novel that's for ideas. Yeah, yeah. I, I should be. Yeah. I should have been reading that one. Whoops. Oh well. No, no, no. Oh, that's all right. I guess I'm right. I guess I am right. Well, yeah, the, 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 the Daughters the, of Eerie Town is that one's on the sixteenth. Yeah. yeah, and and, and, and don't uh, forget Scott my Rose banquet. Yes. Oh yes, banquet of books. Thank you for reminding us. Next yeah, week, from week from Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, gotcha. Journey through Five history Tuesday night, and I don't remember what we're doing. It's the uh, David uh, Fouché's doing it. It's uh, um, some it's Native Amer- some Louise, Native American book. Yeah, Louise. 
I don't remember the title, but Louise. Yeah, Louise Erdrich. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. I, thank you so much, everybody. We, okay, thank, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. I heard well, some very, time. I heard right. some very good news tonight. They have uh, since okay, all I'm going to end it then. Or do you want going... to talk further or what, you guys? No, no it's fine. You can end it. Thank you. Okay, yeah. thank you. Well, wait a minute. Marshall was saying something. I was just going to say real quick that they decided to pull the all-star game uh, out of Atlanta. For yes, they did. I saw that, too. Yeah, that was that great. Fantastic. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. All right. But Good anyway, night, everybody. That's it. Good night, everybody. Okay. Everybody take, have a happy.